Thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to talk about waiting. So what comes to mind when you hear the word wait? Do you think of a waiting room, waiting for test results, waiting in traffic, maybe waiting for your kids to all get in the car when you need to be somewhere, or waiting desperately for a prayer to be answered? In our fast-paced culture, waiting is not something that we are accustomed to, and it can cause feelings of impatience, anticipation, frustration, and or anxiety, depending on the reason for the waiting. As always, we're going to look to the Bible to give us guidance, and we will learn that a waiting season is never a wasted season, and God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. The first verse I want to look at is Psalm 27:14. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Quick side note, whenever something is repeated in the Bible, that's probably a good indication that we should listen. Everything in the Bible is significant, but when it's emphasized, it must really be important. Okay, so back to the verse. Be brave and courageous and wait patiently for the Lord. Let's start with what the definition of patiently is. It's in a way that shows tolerance of delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Now, let's just be honest for a second and admit that being patient is not easy. And even if you are some kind of superhuman and have already mastered the art of patience, and if that is you, you deserve a badge of honor, I think I can safely say that it's not something that any of us particularly enjoy. Part of being a Christ follower is resting in God's timing. And you may not want to hear this, but a day to God is like a thousand days to us. Sorry to drop that truth bomb. So with that being said, we need to remember that his timing is not our timing, not even close. And when we are hurting or when we feel like we're falling apart, that is when we tend to want or need his provision and we call out to him. Not so much when everything is going smoothly in our lives. God wants a relationship with us. That's all he's wanted since the beginning of creation. And in our waiting, we draw nearer to God. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus makes it clear that life is not always going to be easy. There will be tests, temptations, and hardships, but he finishes with a reassurance that the battle is already won. The peace we can have does not come from ourselves. It only comes from believing and trusting in Jesus. And some of you may be familiar with Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord, not in your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. God knows everything. He knows the beginning, the middle, and the end of our stories. We only know what was and what is. We don't know what will be. And sometimes we endure things that just don't make sense. And maybe they never will during your life here on earth. But God's goodness is promised for those who wait patiently for him. So we need to trust our creator that he only has the best for us in mind. And in the end, there will be victory. Then we need to remember that God is in control. He is sovereign and has power over all the evil and negative forces that will come against us. But we need to be fully equipped with the truths that the Bible provides us so that we can stand firm when that trouble comes. And then we need to remain confident that all of our experiences are part of a bigger plan that only God knows about. We need to trust in God and in his ways that no matter the circumstance, that it's just a fragment of something greater. We need to fill ourselves with God's word now to prepare us for the difficult times ahead. Can you think of a time when you went through something extremely stressful or painful, but in the end it worked out for good? If you can, you need to hold on to that memory and tuck it away so that when you feel like God is far away, you can be reminded of how he helped you in the past and that he is never distant. There will be heartache and disappointments in our life, and God doesn't answer all of our prayers if they're not in line with his will for us. If you were to look back to a time in your past, I'm sure there were some prayers you prayed that you were thankful now that God didn't answer. 
I love that song, Unanswered Prayers, by Garth Brooks. For those of you who are not familiar with it or need a refresher, here's the chorus. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. There is a lot of truth in that song, at least for me anyway. Long periods of waiting can cause us to have feelings of doubt, and we can become frustrated when we feel like God is not listening. In Micah 7-7, the prophet Micah declares, But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. During this time, Micah was challenging the Israelites to turn away from their sinful ways because there was conflict, betrayal, and corruption, and some couldn't even trust their closest family members. So in this passage, Micah is telling us that even though there's all this wickedness and the world feels desolate, there is hope. There is one we can still put our trust in, and Micah found comfort in God, and we can too, if instead of looking around us, we choose to look up. In Acts 1, 4 through 5, before Jesus' ascension into heaven, he commands his disciples, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then a little further down in verse 7, Jesus tells them, It is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority. These verses go right along with the promises that are coming, but we don't know when. So we need to wait patiently for God. It's perfect timing. And we can't force the timing. Often when we take matters into our own hands or try to take control of aspects of our life that are not ours to control, it usually ends up making an already bad situation even worse. We should be waiting with anticipation and expectation that something good is coming right around the corner. Every day we should try to have the mindset that today is that day. A good outlook and attitude can go a long way for us. God always has a reason for our waiting. Sometimes the waiting is an opportunity for us to grow spiritually or to prepare us for what's ahead. And there are times when we must experience some discomfort in order to reach that end goal. Think about if you want to get in shape. It takes determination, discipline, and hard work. And when you first start out, your whole body is sore. But if you keep at it, you will continue to get stronger. The harder you work now to take care of your body, the better prepared you will be as you age. And in the same way, the struggle you're in today is producing the strength you'll need in the future. Paul, who was imprisoned, beaten, stoned, and left for dead, writes in Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. He's telling us that this momentary suffering is not even worth comparing to the blessings that are to come to us from God in the future. A great example is the story of Joseph. I'll give you the abridged version. Joseph was one of Jacob's 12 sons, but not just any son, he was his favorite. The Bible says he loved him more than any of his sons. And because of this, his brothers were jealous and wanted him dead. So let this story be a lesson to you if you're showing any favoritism among your own children. Anyway, so they threw him into a pit, but then they decided that they could get rid of him and make money out of the deal. So they took him out of the pit and they sold him into slavery, where he was taken to Egypt and sold to one of Pharaoh's officials named Potiphar. All was going well for a while until Potiphar's wife got a twinkling in her eye for Joseph and asked for him to lie down with her. I'm sure she just wanted him to read her a bedtime story or something, but as great as a bedtime story sounded, Joseph didn't want to sin against God, so he resisted the temptation. And I guess he decided to run before the temptation got too much to handle. But unfortunately, she grabbed onto his outer garment and it got left behind while he fled the scene. And Potiphar's wife, being the real stand-up woman that she was, she falsely accuses him of attempting to have his way with her, if you know what I mean. Joseph does the right thing, and because of it, he gets sent to prison. (laughs) While there, he helped interpret a dream for Pharaoh's chief butler, who was also in prison. And Joseph asked him to please not forget about him when he got out. 
but I guess with all the butlering he had to catch up with while he was locked up, it must have slipped his mind, for two whole years, until Pharaoh was troubled by a dream he had, and then suddenly the butler remembered the young Hebrew man sitting in prison. Joseph interprets the dream, which is about a famine that is coming in seven years. He then gives Pharaoh advice on how to handle the dilemma by rationing the food, and then he gets promoted to the second in the kingdom of Egypt. Talk about moving up the ladder overnight. Joseph's interpretation was accurate, and the famine does come to pass, and then Joseph's brothers, who wanted him dead, now had to bow down before him in order to buy some food, due to him being this authoritative figure now. Which, by the way, I forgot to mention in the beginning of the story that when Joseph was younger, he shared with his brothers a dream he had about how they were all bowing down to him, and that was pretty much what started the whole brotherly animosity debacle to begin with. He doesn't mention right away that he's their long-lost brother. He had a little fun with them first, which is totally understandable. He eventually lets them in on the secret, and in the end, spoiler alert, Joseph forgives all of them and is reunited with his dad, and the family lives happily ever after. Believe it or not, that really was a condensed version of the story. Feel free to pause this if you need a bathroom break before we continue. There are many more details, though, that I left out, so I encourage you to take the time to read the entire story. You'll find this in Genesis 37 through 50. So what was the purpose of me sharing Joseph's story? Despite all the difficulties and misfortune that Joseph endured, he remained faithful to God through all of it. And even though his circumstances seemed unfair, he trusted God. And in the end, all of it had to happen just the way it played out because he was the one to save thousands of people from dying during the famine. This story is not only about forgiveness, but it's also a lesson on how to trust God even during the most dire times and that sometimes we need to wait a long time to see the light at the end of the tunnel but the wait is worth it. Okay, so now that you're educated on some of the whys, the next question you're probably thinking is, what can we do while we wait? First thing to always start with is prayer. I know what you're thinking. You just told me a few minutes ago that God doesn't always answer our prayers. And yes, that is true, but that doesn't mean he's not listening. And every time you pray, you are building that relationship with God. And just like most relationships, as it gets stronger, your trust will deepen. Therefore, prayer is an essential part of our relationship with God. During your prayer time, ask God to show you what you still need to develop or what areas in your life that you need to change. And then next, dive into the Bible. The Bible is this amazing resource that tells us exactly how to handle every situation in our life. Look at the stories of those who went before us and learn from their mistakes and their successes. We can learn a lot about what folks did that worked and what delayed their timeline. Abraham waited years before his wife Sarah conceived a child, and David also waited several years before being anointed as king. But during these waiting periods, God was at work molding them into who they needed to be. And last, don't forget to praise God for the good he has done in the past and that he's currently doing in your life. You may need to seek a little further when the going gets tough, but if we look beyond the hurt, we can see the little pieces of goodness that are all around us. And remember that God will not always take us out of our circumstances, but he will always meet our needs in those circumstances. God loves us and he wants us to believe in him and trust in him. And when we are intentionally grateful, especially during difficult seasons, this is the highest form of praise and thanksgiving that we can give to him. And this is where you will find that joy and peace that I often talk about. So embrace the chaos, my dear friends, and stand firm on the promises and the goodness of our God. There is a greater reward yet to come when we stay strong and courageous, living our best life, waiting patiently for our Lord. I will tell it like it is. I was hanging by a thread, pushing.
pushed out to the furthest edge and I wasn't proud of it From my house within the walls Always face to face with dark Oh, I wondered if I knew the light at all I was sure my heart would melt with fear But there was one who enjoying this podcast, don't keep it all to yourself. Share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe.